now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do, so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Matt Ryan, what do you think he's thinking about right now? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. But the major thing is the Indianapolis Colts now have a new starting quarterback. I unfortunately think it's, it's unfair to Matt because, A, I don't think he was playing so bad that it was benchable. Earlier on the show, Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett, ESPN MLB insider Jeff Passan, Pro Football Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins, Still to come. New York Times best-selling author Jeff Perlman. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. We've already had Brian Dawkins and Jeff Passan of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and ESPN, respectively, in hour number two, talking about the big trade in the NFL yesterday. The undefeated Eagles acquiring a guy with 18 and a half sacks and Robert Quinn. Um, and um, yesterday from the Bears, and we talked about the Eagles side of things with him, and Jeff Passan previewed the World Series as well as the upcoming free agency to end all free agencies where the Yankees potentially losing their superstar record-setting historic player in Aaron Judge. Hour number one, we had Tyler Lockett of the 4-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Um, on the program, getting set to take on a 6-1 and one Giants team that sent Kadarius Toney, their first-round selection wide receiver from Florida last year, to Kansas City on a bye week. So everybody's making moves, and nobody's resting. Like the 49ers improving their team with Christian McCaffrey, and the Jets lose Brees Hall. They're 5-2, and two, and they're like, we're going for it. We're going to keep going. We're going to tell our locker room we're going for it. We lose Brees Hall, but guess what? We're flipping a, a draft choice for James Robinson, a 1,000-yard rusher from Jacksonville. We're going for it. And then we're going for it in Philadelphia. Robert Quinn's coming. 18 and a half sacks putting him on that line. And the question is, is what happens in the locker room of the team that loses the player? Well, we saw last week it doesn't mean you fold up shop. I even said, you know, Carolina, when they're trading away Christian McCaffrey, as they did to San Francisco, that's the way you tank in the NFL. You don't purposely lose games by purposely fumbling the ball. You don't purposely lose games by seeing someone that you could tackle and say, I'm not going to tackle that guy. You might make a business decision in not tackling that guy, saying my team's not trying hard for me. I'm not going to maybe throw my 
separated shoulder that I'm not telling anybody about at at somebody, a, you know, healing shoulder at somebody that that's coming at me. I'm not doing that. You just don't give your team the bullets. You don't give your team the ammunition. And then after a while, the roster gets thinned and you wind up losing games if that is something that you wouldn't mind doing. That's the way that's the way it goes in the NFL. In the NBA, they just tell a guy you're not dressing and put him on a on a bench in a suit or street clothes in front of the entire paying customers that are going to have to handle the tanking. It's a different scenario. But I bring this up because it, it ain't easy. Carolina still put its foot in the ground on game day for an interim head coach and beat Tom Brady. Sending Tom Brady into tonight's game against the Ravens in danger of falling two games under 500 for the first time in his starting career. That's never happened to Tom Brady. He was two games under 500 in his first go-round as the Patriots starter, but they had already lost a couple games before he started. So, you can survive your team telling the locker room we're going to take somebody that you find very important that we know is very important and you might look up to as a leader and send them elsewhere and you're going to have to still win it's not easy I I can't imagine Carolina players were thrilled to hear Christian McCaffrey was gone we don't know because they weren't on a podium in front of the media as Roquan Smith was yesterday when he found out that Robert Quinn was traded away. And this is, mind you, on a Wednesday, two days removed from easily the Bears' biggest, most impressive, certainly nationally televised win they've had in a long time. And this is a guy who is very prideful. This is a guy who was on our program leading into that game against New England talking about how we all know his holdout over the summer. He wanted long-term money, whatever the dollar figure between him and the Bears and general manager Ryan Poles, who is the one who did send Quinn away. Whatever that number was, wasn't good enough for Roquan Smith. So he still said, I'm going to bet on myself. And they win that game. And then they're three and four. They have the same record as the Packers. They have the same record as the 49ers, who they've, beaten they have the same record as the arizona cardinals and the bucks and the falcons i mean the bears are not who we think they were certainly didn't look that way monday night i mean you never know and robert quinn's now in philadelphia i've never seen this man i've been at this for 20 years now at the nfl this was roquan smith learning it in front of everyone yesterday robert to, to the eagles yeah. What's, what do you make of Robert's time here? And what do you Man. Make yeah, man. Sucks. Um, yeah, like. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to take a second for a second, if you don't mind. No, I have a great deal of respect for that guy, you know. Damn. Crazy.
I hope for his sake and the Bears' sake that they all come to terms with him. He stays there. And the fourth-round selection who they get for Quinn turns into a teammate that means something for them to win. And Ryan Poles, he said it's his job to look over the steering wheel. It's his general manager's job to look over the steering wheel and do what's best for the team. And right now, I know Bears fans might be like, who's that fourth? Like, what are we doing? And they spent $7 million to go send him packing. I mean, that's not the fans' money. But I, I, I can't imagine, man. Ro- Roquan Smith is a baller. Quan, Rich, Quan. He is a baller. And, um, and a grown and, man. And he learns... Uh, apparently just seconds before he goes up there that a guy who was in the trenches with, figuratively, obviously, on Monday night football in the fog of New England, winning a great game, and they feeling like, okay, now is when we can start turning things on for us. They're going to Dallas this weekend. Robert Quinn, it would have really been helpful to have him try and match Micah Parsons snap for snap, right? It's a shame he won't be there. (laughs) I'm sure you feel that way. Awful. (laughs) And then home for Miami and then then home for Detroit, at Atlanta, at the Jets, home for Green Bay against their so-called owner when the owner's down and out before a bye. I mean, they've, they got a shot here at three and four. They have a shot. And they're going to have to find whatever reserve Carolina had. They're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it because Carolina showed you can do it against Tom Brady coming off a loss in Pittsburgh with a chip on his shoulder and pissed off. And you went ahead and you hit him in the mouth. They're going to have to do it without Robert Quinn. I, I don't recall seeing something like that. It's quite something. Last folk hero, the life and myth of uh, Bo Jackson, a tremendous book. The author, Jeff Perlman's in our green room. He's going to come out in a second. Let's take this phone call. Been hanging on for a while. Jack in New York City, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jack? Hey, Rich, how are you? Uh, I'm just calling because I've been in New York for three years, coming from Australia. Okay. Until now, I haven't been particularly motivated to pick a team from the New York football choices. And I just want to know, for the foreseeable future, first of all, who's more likely to appear in the Super Bowl? And secondly, who's more likely to take years off my life for the rest of my life? <laughs> wow. This is great. So, Jack, you're from Australia, and you're asking which which New York football team you should put your marker on that is most likely to win and take years off your life? Or, or not, or take, not years, take years not off take your life? Years no, off his sorry, life. I've got a, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to stick to it. But, uh, so it's... So which one's more likely to 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 show him fantasy glory? Well, I mean, glory, you got to go with the Giants then, because the Giants are going to be the team that that has won, you know, and 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 I I and I don't imagine they, they've they've had a lot more fortune in their history than the Jets, but I will make the case here that the Jets have a lot of young players, and you might want to go on the ride and be there with the team that's never done it in the lifetime of probably 60 to 70% of their fan base right now. So I'll, I, I've laid it out for you. Which one would you choose? 
yourself? I'm a fan of the underdog. I'm leaning Jets, but I think I'm gonna wait for uh, wait for the Thanksgiving weekend and commit myself for the rest of the, my life. So okay, I'm Jack. it up for the next month or so. Okay, uh, why don't, can you call me? Call call back. Let's let's give you the let's give you the weeks. Okay, call back and then we'll we'll figure it out. But the Giants, I think, are going to have a terrific record at that point. We'll see how the Jets look when they go through the Bills, Belichick, and Buffalo um, before they hit their bye week. But uh, I, I, I appreciate you reaching out to this as your source, Jack. I appreciate that. Well, I, I feel well to go to the New York Sporting Knowledge and the New Ridge. Bless you, sir. I've learned anything over three years. There you go. Thanks so much, Jack. Appreciate it. Good luck. Did I, did I steer him in the right direction? You did the right thing. I would avoid both teams, but... That's why I was He's like, in New York City. He wants to put his marker well, on something. My question would have been, why are you going to limit yourself well, to just you're, where you're you in, live? If you're in the state of New York... Then you should go with Buffalo. New York City's in New York, right, Rich? If you're going in the state of New York, pick the one team that plays in the state, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. He wanted somebody who, in the city, and I know that they're not in the city proper itself, but ask the guy to your left if New Jersey's part of New York City. I mean, essentially. East Rutherford? Yeah, you go to East Rutherford to hang out, Mike? All the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when LT's Bar and Grill was back there. There you go, very good. LT's Bar and Grill. But, Rich, you, you, did, you yeah. told him something true. Like, like when I came to L.A. in 99, I already kind of liked the Clippers a little bit. When I got here, I could have jumped on that Laker bandwagon, but I was like, I didn't want to do that. I'm yeah. going to root for this team because if they win or when they win, yeah. it's just going to mean more. Now, they haven't won yet, but what it is. I mean, the Giants, the Giants have water skied behind yachts before. Yeah. yeah. Phil Simms' yacht, Jeff Hostetler's yacht. So if he Eli picks Man. the Jeff Hostetler's yacht, Jeff Hostetler's, Jeff Hostetler's yacht is a great fantasy football name. Write it down. They've, you know, so Eli's got two yachts. You've water skied behind those yachts. You know what the Yankees, the, more the like Jets have done? hands yachts, though. The Jets, the Jets them, have been on a pontoon. So it's like you said, like you root for the Jets. You're going to have you're some gonna downtime. First but timer. when they win, when they finally come, it's uh, going to feel so much imagine. better. I can't you, even imagine. You assume imagine. that they'll someday win. Well, you can't I'm not imagine. saying a championship. I'm just saying like as Guys, a winning I don't even. I don't even know what that is. what would you do? I can't even fathom it. Would you go back for the parade? You'd have to, right? For a jet parade? Oh, yeah. yeah. Entire, uh, uh, the ticker tape? Yeah, you I, have to go. I, I, I'd probably be here. You and your no, nephew Lee? No, we would not allow you, we would not allow you to come brother? to work Yeah, that day, you'd bro. have to yeah. go to the parade with your brother. You're going to be there. On. You're going to stay. You're going to stay the extra couple days, wherever the Super Bowl. No, you're going to fly there. Yeah, but I, would I ask for get on get on a bus? Should I get on a oh, bus? You yeah. would, they would have to put you on. I bet Salah, if Salah is the head coach and you guys, he'll put you on yeah. a bus. Did you hear he says he now laments? His receipts, receipts comment. He says that was out of character for him. Well, he was just feeling. Well, yeah, it. I mean, he was feeling it that day. You know, oh, that was his version of "You play to win wins. the game." <laughs> Pretty much. That was his "You yeah. play to win the game," and yeah. I'm kissing Belichick's rings. Yeah. You oh, play right. to win the game has stood the test of time. The I, I was there to Hello? kiss Belichick's rings. Nah. Not so much. Hello. The receipts Hello? though. The receipts though. I, I like that. That's good. I like that. Yeah, win some playoff games, and the receipts will hold up. Oh, there's this game this weekend. This is a big one. Home dogs. Hello. Who's starting for the year? You play oh, to is. win the game. There it is. I was going to ask you a question, but I think I already know the answer. What is it? Well, I was going to say, would you rather 
have Michigan or Jets? Don't yeah. go that direction. Oh, but the oh, fact of the matter is, how dare you? And oh, you've got this ten teams. It's so go. easy for you yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, start bench cut. So easy. Start bench cut. Start bench cut to next win a title. Chris, Chris, Chris. How is it easier if I have ten teams? That would make it harder for me to pick. No, it wouldn't. It makes it easier because there's not you. You could you. You've got fallback positions. You don't care. So many teams and they still don't care. What are we talking about? NBA bench cut. NBA. All right. Start bench cut to next win a title. What? Start bench cut no, to next playing. win a title. Yeah. Michigan, Jets, yeah, Yankees. I'm not, how dare you? Come on, man. Stop it. No, I, play it. I will not play. I will not play. It is like asking me to start bench cut my children. When someone throws a start bench cut at you, you have to play it. That's the rule. You got to do it. It's like you making me pick the Cowboys record in July. It's like asking Jeff Perlman to choose his books. Well, the bad guy is what? All right. Jeff Perlman's coming out. The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson, The Last Folk Hero, a page-turner, a great book. I'm in the midst of it. You should pick it up. We'll talk about it with Jeff when we come back. It's the Jets, Chris. It's the Jets. I think. Are you struggling to close deals? Business-to-business selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's one billion member platform sales navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter right now you can try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com direct that is linkedin.com direct for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com direct and get started Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson by Jeff Perlman. Jeff, I am reading this book right now. It is a page turner, man. Oh, thank it, you. It is awesome. That your writing style. And, and the neat thing is, too, because uh, I know, um, you know, I saw Bo's tweet about the book, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you and I kind of went back and forth about it. And, yeah. and Not how, a negative way. Not well, like back and forth. No, no. The yeah. back and forth between us wasn't. But, you know, he, he was you know, said something along the lines of... You know, my story's my story. You'll get my story from me when not. Uh, and and anybody who might read that and think that this is a book that denigrates or anything, every page you could see that you you feel the same way we all do about Bo, like lionizing this man's achievements. Now you tell about, you know, some warts and all as well, but this not is not a, a ton fan- of warts though. No, yeah. just this is a fantastic book oh, thank and you. all the stories thank you so uh out of all the stories that uh you you've told I'll, I'll go with this kind of sports talk radio question is like which one is the one that you learned about where you're like okay i didn't know that and i can't wait to tell it in this book so i love the story when he was a junior at auburn and they were playing baseball and it was the first night game at the university of georgia mm-hmm. and um it was a big deal georgia vince dooley's there it's a huge crowd pep band the whole thing 
and Bo Jackson's playing right field for Auburn. And he's getting just heckled. Behind the uh, right field fence, there's a thing called Kudzu Hill with mm-hmm. all these kudzu vines, and people would sit there, drink beers, and heckle. They're berating Bo Jackson. He grounds out his first at-bat. He goes back to the outfield berating him. Second at-bat, first night game, he hits a ball that slams into the lights. Like as a Hobbs? Room. It came out 39 days, but this event came yes. 39 days before the natural. So he does this. He hits the lights like Roy Hobbs. The natural isn't even out yet. Mm-hmm. He goes back to the outfield. All the fans do this, start mm-hmm. bowing at him instead yeah. of booing him. His next two at-bats, he hits two more home runs. His last at-bat, he doubles, and they boo him. <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't deliver because in the manner deliver. that he <laughs> already had. Yeah. That's well, the way you turn a crowd, man, from against you to good. for you, totally. and then against you again. Uh, you know, and just his his he was on this show two weeks ago, and just the larger than life stuff. I did ask him about the 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 story you tell, I believe, in the Ford of this yeah. book, right? Yeah. About him being on a plane with the White Sox and it's going down, or there's something that makes everybody think it's going down, and he leaves the cockpit, and most of the players thought he not only. You know, did he he flew the plane or he no, saved no, no, the no. plane from going down? So or basically, something it's like that? the White Sox are returning from Anaheim. Right. Uh, Tim Raines looks out the window. He's on the White Sox, and the plane is on fire. And it's like, holy crap! The plane's on fire. The plane's on fire. Everyone's freaking out. Guys are praying. My favorite scene is Frank Thomas cocooned himself in pillows, as if like <laughs> if the plane was going to crash, it, that would save him. Ready for the big hurt. Right, right. Right. So cockpit door opens. Bo Jackson walks out. Guys, everything's going to be okay. Take your seats, take your seats, blah, blah, blah. This whole scene, Joey Cora, the second baseman, was like, it was the most courageous thing I've ever seen. But then I got another story from other guys on the plane who said, no, no, no. Bo Jackson, when the plane's on fire, everything's the same. But he runs up to the cockpit, and he goes to see if he can help him. And it was the most courageous thing I've ever seen. So there are these two stories of what did Bo Jackson do on this plane, and it almost goes with the theme of the book, which is he's so mythological, and he's really Paul Bunyan. And the one thing that everyone agreed upon the plane makes, makes an emergency landing in Des Moines. It's 3.30 in the morning. Players are freaked out. There's a, uh, there's a closed kiosk with a keg with a lock on it. And Bo Jackson picks up the keg, takes his right hand, breaks off the lock, and they all drink out of the keg. And the question I asked is, if the kiosk was closed, where did they get cups? And I said, that is part of the mythology of Bo Jackson. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and that's the reason why it's called the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson, is because this was... All of these achievements, and you explain it in a book, were done at a time way before, obviously, you could see uh, achievements. Like if Bo did it now, we'd see it in the palm of his hand the minute he does it. Mm -hmm. And so many of these achievements were done on film and on television, or many of them took place that they weren't uh, captured. And so the stories are like fish stories. They get larger and larger and larger, or they are true, and he was that large, you know? And it's amazing. It really is that dichotomy throughout this entire book. Well, his, his just biography alone, I mean, when he was in high school, first of all, he stole 90 of 91 bases in high school. That's crazy. I found the catcher, Sam Doss from Jess Lanier, who, who threw him out. <laughs> he said, I got a high fastball, blah, blah, blah. I nailed him. He said the next time up, Bo Jackson hit a home run, winked at him as he crossed home plate. <laughs> Bo Jackson won back-to-back state, Alabama State Decathlon Championships as a junior and a senior. Mm-hmm. His senior year, there was a mysterious, I still don't know who it is, mysterious guy, older guy walking around with an umbrella covering him because it was raining all weekend. He did the decathlon in sweatpants. He didn't do the last event. He was so far ahead both times, he didn't have to run the 1500 because he hated the 1500. 
the day after winning the state decathlon and setting five individual track and field records a few weeks earlier, he pitches his only game of the year for McAdory High School. Mm-hmm. Only game of the year. Strikes out 13 in a playoff game and they win. It's, it's a joke. The whole thing's a joke. And then, and then tell that story about the pop-up. Oh, Tell that one. They're playing Fairfield High School. And I'm hearing this story. Bo Jackson hit a ball so high. By the time he reached third base, it came down. And I'm like, that's BS. There's no way that happened. Right. I call one person. I'm telling you. I call another guy. I'm telling you. You need to call Eddie Scott. He was the outfielder. Call Eddie Scott. I track down Eddie Scott. And um, he's like, I was playing left field. The ball, it's the highest ball I've ever seen. He went on to play in college. He's like, it's the highest ball I've ever seen hit. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. It comes down in front of me. I bend down to grab it. I pick it up. Bo is rounding third base. It's the truth. I mean, Eddie Scott says it is. I love the story, too, about when he shows up in the Royals clubhouse for the first time. Tell that one. I'm seriously, I could literally. <laughs> yeah, we could do this, this the whole time, oh, But man. tell that story, Jeff Perlman, please. This is why it. I don't get if Bo Jackson's mad, because this book is just his legend. I'm telling you, I'm reading this book, and all I keep thinking about is how amazing this all was. Yeah. But uh, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's drafted by the Royals, and he goes for his first time, takes BP with him, and he has with him a stack of of glossy pictures of him with the Heisman Trophy, which he had just won. And he signs them all unsolicited and starts putting them on the lockers. And Hal McCray is the DH, veterans 40, and he's following him, basically taking them and ripping them up and throwing them in the air. And all the Royals start throwing these pictures in the air, like, who the hell is this guy? My favorite is, like, George Brett, like a, you know, Cheshire cat, is watching this all, and he takes a bunch and he hangs them on his wall, you know? I mean, the bet to me, like... Bo Jackson's first major league at bat. Mm-hmm. He it's a White Sox. He's playing Steve Carton's pitching. It was at 321 wins at that point. Bo singles to second base, beats it out. 3.6 seconds is the second fastest recorded time for a right-handed hitter from home to first in baseball history. Mm-hmm. He did in his first at bat. After the game, they're like, "So what it means to you getting your first hit off Steve Carton?" No idea who he was. Just didn't know. Well, he didn't know very much about anything because he wasn't, you know, uh, attuned to it. Also, his upbringing, he didn't have a a lot at his disposal to learn anything and be in the pop culture. No, or anything of those nature uh, of that nature. And, you know, you know, I'm and and this one last story I ask of you and then we'll start digging a little deeper into Mm -hmm. this. Jeff Perlman, the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson. When you're talking about speed. Uh, Tom Flores didn't believe his speed either, right? When he arrived with the, the Raiders? Correct? Yeah, because he'd run a four one three in college. Mm-hmm. And um, he's with the Raiders early on. And Flores is a coach. And he has Bo run a 40 on grass in pads. And he does a four one nine, And no one believed it. Like, no, nah, that doesn't seem right. They measure it out. And he runs it again. And he runs a four one seven in pads. The guy's 35 pounds heavier than Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill does not run a four one three forty. It's insane. And he ran it in pads. He wore an, and in some pads. guys are faster in pads. You know. Well, he wasn't because he ran the four one three at Auburn, not in pads. Right. He only ran a four one seven in pads on grass. Jesus! Wow. He's yeah. the best athlete who's ever lived. I don't care what anyone says. Throw anyone at me. I, I know Dion's. You know, a guy you like him. He's just a better athlete. He just is. Well, I mean, it's not just that too. Is that he? He was also bigger than anybody. Uh, with that athletic ability as well, right? I mean, Dion said that when he approached him, 
to try and tackle him in college. He said he didn't know he was running on a grown-ass man. <laughs> um, and that he palmed his head like a prayer warrior, is what he said when he, he totally was on did. this program. And, yeah. and he did. We, you looked up that video, Chris. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Posted yeah, it. So, so he, and here's the amazing thing about this story as well, because we could go on and on and on, and you do fill your book with all of these amazing stories, Jeff, is that he's not in either of the, the hall of fa- Halls of Fame. Of of yeah. baseball and football, he's in a college football. He's at, well, I'm talking. Yeah, right, right. No, is what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. professionally, he's not in either one of these. And I'm sitting here reading this book uh, next to my daughter. She's nine, and she's doing her reading. I'm doing my reading. <laughs> right. You know, I'm doing my homework. She's probably she, reading the harder book. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and she's asking, "Who's Bo Jackson, Dad? Right. You know, who's Bo Jackson?" And I, you know, and I explained to her you know, best I can as to who he is. How would you explain who, who he is then? So I always show people who don't know who he is. I showed my kids him climbing up the wall mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Yes. And I'm like, because my son and I had this debate, what's the greatest Bo Jackson play? And I'm like, there have been other great throws. There have been amazing runs. Mm-hmm. There's never, ever, ever been a guy recorded running up the wall, across the wall, down the wall. Never. It is ridiculous. The day after that happened, all these baseball players throughout the majors mm-hmm. were trying to do it during batting practice couldn't. and couldn't do it. Nobody can do that. And I would say that's a great, he is just the superlative athlete of all time. The greatest physical specimen of all time. Take Jim Thorpe, take Deion, take whoever. He's the greatest. And I think he's worth knowing about. I just do. Well, and the reason why maybe, like I said, we don't know about is you can go to Cooperstown and uh, I imagine there may be some of his baubles in, in Cooperstown from some of his achievements, know. right? And and I, I've been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I don't know if there's um, anything in there about Bo Jackson. I don't even think there's like the, a Bosworth exhibit for that yeah. moment, you know, even yeah. though that is truly one of the more seminal moments. You can't tell the history of the NFL even without that moment. Yeah. Him running out of a tunnel, all of that business. Um, so is it because he got hurt? Yeah, is that yeah that's, it is. that's essentially it? It like doesn't have the numbers. What, just if, doesn't, yeah, go ahead. what if he didn't get hurt, Jeff? What so, do you think if he did not get hurt on that day? He was only going to play one year, one more year of football. Um, I heard on your show he said he was planning on retiring at the end of the year. That's at the time, he actually said he was going to play one more year and then retire. And mm-hmm. I think he wrote about that in his book, too. He might have been confused by that. Um, right. If he had played a 12-year football career, he's Jim Brown. He's Eric Dickerson. He's Walter Payton. He's at that level. I think the interesting thing is if he never played football, and he devoted himself to the major leagues exclusively. Yes. He had Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle talent. He really did. He was a raw, raw player. His routes were not good. He didn't move runners over. He didn't really know how to read pitchers. If he had devoted himself full time and hadn't been using his off seasons in baseball uh, for football, I think he's one of the handful of absolute greatest players of all time. And um, do you think he would have done that had he not gotten hurt in and gotten out of football and had the ability? Still, like, do you think his baseball skills were significantly diminished by that injury in football? I think Jeff. his baseball skills, he missed a window where he should have been developed, if he wanted that. Yes. Where he should have been developing his skills by playing instructional league, by going to play in the Dominican. Uh, you know, he, he didn't have that period. He was so raw. He didn't even play one full season of minor league baseball. He jumps up to the Royals. He didn't really know. It was all instinctive. And he had these moments. I think he really needed the early. He should have been in the minor leagues longer. Truth of the matter is he should have started in A-ball. He yes. should have gone up graduating. He should have had two years in the minors. And I think you would have seen this majestic ball player. And, the, and, and talk about paths not taken as well. Jeff Perlman here on the Rich Eisen Show, last folk hero. Um, 
technically, obviously there's a lot that went into the reason why not. He could have been with the Yankees mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers, right? Yep. Can walk me through those stories if you don't mind. It's pretty awesome. So he's a high school senior and the Yankees draft him in the second round. And they had a scout named Gus Palouse who was all over Bo Jackson. This guy's going to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. They draft him in the second round. They can't get into contact with him. They literally can't get in contact with him. They call multiple times, nothing. They knock on the door, no one answers. They send an intermediary, nothing. They reach out to his high school coach, Terry Brazil, and they say, we want to fly you and Bo, so coach and Bo, to Yankee Stadium for Yankees Red Sox. Well, Yankees Red Sox meant nothing to Bo Jackson. Going to New York meant nothing to Bo Jackson. He only left the state one time to go to Six Flags in Atlanta. It's the only time he left <laughs> Alabama at that point. He was being guarded by Auburn heavily. Hmm. Auburn was definitely cocooning him to make sure he goes to college. And he also, his mom really wanted him to go to a four-year university. He would have been the first in his, co- in his uh, family to go. Mm-hmm. And he just, the guy, Gus Palouse, once said, I've never, he's like, I've never had this happen before where we draft someone in the second round. We want to pay them a lot of money and they just ignore me. You're for the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. Just, they don't. So um, wow. then he's, dra- he's drafted uh, first in the 86 draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when Bo is a senior playing baseball at Auburn, the Buccaneers, Hugh Culverhouse was the owner, flew Bo to Tampa for a physical before the draft. Mm-hmm. And he was under the impression, Bo was, that it was all cleared by the SEC because at the time the SEC had a rule where you could not go pro in one sport, stay amateur in the other. Most of America did. The SEC was very strict about that. He flies to Tampa. Hal Barrett is a baseball coach at Auburn. Great guy. And um, he asks a player, he's like, where's Bo? And the guy goes, yeah, Bo, I think Bo flew to Tampa to get a physical with the Buccaneers. And Hal Barrett's like, what? He's like, yeah, he flew to Tampa. So he lost his eligibility. Now, the Buccaneers, like, he makes it clear, don't draft me. Just by merely taking the physical? Yes, by going, taking the flight. By taking the flight. He lost it. It's ridiculous. All these players are getting paid. The it SEC? is such a joke. <laughs> it, it hurts my heart. It is so ridiculous. And yes. it's like some stickler, the SEC commissioner at the time. You know all these guys are getting paid. You know about the handshakes between boosters. You know about they're selling their own tickets for thousands. And yeah. It's the biggest BS nonsense. It yeah. costs us one of 10, single mom, just wanted to finish up in college. Yeah. It's one of the biggest a-hole moves of all time, truly. Yeah. So the Buccaneers, I can say a-hole, right? Yeah. You just did. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> Twice. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> the Buccaneers, so he blames the Buccaneers, and he blames a guy who he had working for him as his kind of agent, which he shouldn't have either. He, uh, but the Buccaneers still draft him. And this is one of my favorite things of all time. Steve Young, who's one of my favorite people on the planet, yes. is just the best. The Buccaneers draft him. Bo's agents say, you should still go to Tampa and meet with him. So he goes to Tampa, and you Culverhouse, the owner, says, uh, ask Steve Young, who was a quarterback at the time there, Will you come to dinner with me and Bo? We're going to take Bo out for dinner and just talk to him about the Buccaneers. So uh, they go out to dinner, and Culverhouse is like, I'm going to leave you two for a little bit. You know, gets up. Bo leans over to Steve Young and says, uh, Steve, there's no effing way I'm signing with this team, just so you know. <laughs> and Young's like, okay, my work is done here. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, like, he went fishing with a bunch of guys. They had a linebacker, Scott Brantley. Yeah. And the same thing. They're like, we would love to play with you, but you don't want to be on this team. You just, you don't want to be here. This is a freaking mess oh. yeah so he just and he was very steady Bo was very how Baird said this to me he's like he told you something he was going to keep his That's word it, yeah. he said he's not going to Tampa Bay he didn't and then the Royals took a fourth round pick on him the 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 line from Art Stewart who was their scouting director they didn't do first round didn't do second didn't do third he said if we use a fourth round pick and he doesn't sign our franchise isn't going to collapse and they use a fourth round pick on him 
Well, the beautiful thing about wow. this book, Jeff, is so many, uh, I've done this so many different times with so many authors, and they're like, well, you got to buy the book to hear those stories. Oh. You, 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 you aren't I just, you're, well, oh. you're not just free with these stories and to tell them, and you tell them so well because you're so researched and you're so buttoned up, but I'm telling you, I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of this book. You haven't barely, you haven't even scratched the surface yeah. of the number of stories. Every story you've told, there are so many more in this book and they're told so well and 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 clearly with reverence for mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the subject matter everyone should get the last folk hero the life and myth uh, of bo jackson by jeff perlman i'd like to take a break come back and ask you uh, uh, about winning time i mean i wore a suit uh, you wore a suit yes. i brought my mom's tie you brought your mom's tie yeah, i'm gonna official, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm, i i did the i did the the fat knot i'm gonna do a, a different yeah, one this is skinny knot i mean this is this is literally you know uh john perlman made john, that tie. no 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 I, curtain material yeah, okay curtain. very good i, I gotta i gotta I'll, I'll redo this tie here it's from the john uh, perlman and i, I, I want to ask you since you know you brought you his bonds book right i did well you know, tj's whole, bugging me for it okay so very good i want to ask you about the the aaron judge uh uh, home run chase and all that. Great. Okay. Uh, Jeff Perlman is here on the Rich Eisen Show. I wouldn't move. Some more great stories to come. Great book. Amazing book you should go get. We're back with Jeff and more in a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. Looking to buy a new home? Navy Federal Credit Union has loan options and resources help their members save and make sure they get the best deal. Right now, Navy Federal will contribute up to $1,000 as a lender credit towards closing costs on your new home. Plus, members save on their monthly payments since there's no requirement for private mortgage insurance. And that's not all. Navy Federal offers low rates and fees, too, so you could save even more. Navy Federal's experts can help you choose the best option for you. So... 
The home loan process is as smooth an experience as possible. You can learn more at NavyFederal.org. It's insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Qualifying members who have purchased mortgage applications after September 16th may receive up to $1,000 towards actual closing costs applied at closing with no cash back and subject to loan program maximum contribution limits. Terms subject to change. Ask your loan officer for details. Navy Federal Credit Union, our members, are the mission. Still a little bit more with Jeff Perlman, whose latest book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. You should go get. Um, you've got that book right there, Chris, uh, as well. Re- you've got... Uh, the Love Me, Hate Me, the Barry Bonds autobiography, that, or a biography that Jeff wrote. What was your take on the uh, the Aaron Judge home run chase and uh, whether it was the legit, most legit single-season home run campaign in the history of Major League Baseball? You I mean, I guess that? it was. I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to be this guy, be but it's guy. like... Go for it. Sure. You wrote the book on Barry Yeah, Bonds, no, literally. but I'm always like... Covering baseball during that period just made me a skeptic and guarded about being like, this is amazing. Like, I'm always skeptical of everyone. I really am now. And I'm hopefully. Was that a John Rocker thing deep down? <laughs> it's a John Rocker. <laughs> I really thought. John Rocker. I, mean, I, I don't him, make anybody a skeptic. When I asked him about his bar mitzvah, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I am. Um, right. I just don't. I hope it's legit. I do. And I'm not. I have no reason to think it's not. But I just don't look at Fernando Tatis. I thought he was legit. Right. And, so oh, so you're looking through it as like, we don't know about Judge yet either, is we don't. what you're saying. We don't know about anyone anymore. So, and I, um, the other thing is, having covered baseball at that time period, like, they ruined this. This is a repercussions of all they did. This is a repercussions of not paying attention, of looking the other way, of turning the other cheek, yeah, yeah. of not coming down on ballplayers, of, of the union not insisting on testing. I was saying, if anybody wants to blame anybody yep. right now, you blame Bud Selig, who's in the Hall of Fame, and, and Donald Fear, who was in charge of the Players Association at the time. Yep. And, you know, I, I feel I'm so conflicted because I was sitting on SportsCenter doing all those home run highlights. Yep. And the chick dig the long ball was in the commercial breaks, you know. And so I was part and parcel of this whole thing. But I'm, you know, a 26, 27, 28-year-old guy. I'm not going to say, you know, what the hell's going on with their trapezoidal heads and things of that nature. Yeah. And Bonds, man, when he came up, he, he was rail thin when, Je- you know, Jim Leland's barking at him in spring training as a Pittsburgh Pirate. He was one of the best baseball players then as well. His head but, literally grew. His head literally grew as an adult, which is impossible without growth hormones. So, so you 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 obviously wrote the book, and so knowing if what we you know about Bonds and thinking what we know about Judge, let's put it that way. I hope he's clean. I believe right, he's let's clean. Just say he is clean. Sure. Do you think it is the it, it is the most it is the yeah. the home run yes. single season home run achievement in Major League Baseball? Yes, period. I do. I do. I do. I, but I do think baseball, when everyone was like, baseball's back, those guys saved baseball. It was like a Band-Aid on a flesh wound. Like, yeah, you saved it for a brief period of time, but you ruined the record book forever. And the record book, there was a day, we sound like old people saying this, or I do, True. when 755 like mattered, yes. when 61 mattered. And this Aaron Judge record is cool, but does it really matter in the same way those records mattered? No. Jeff Pullman here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, winning time. That's why I wore the suit. That's why you wore the suit. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Um, Jerry West is a very unhappy individual, right? I mean, so what, what do you say to anybody who feels that their their story has been um, dramatized through your book? What I mean, think? I would say your story has been dramatized through my book. Like, it actually has been. It is a dramatic series. It's not a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% always understand why someone like Jerry West or Magic Johnson or Kareem or Mark Landsberg or whoever watches a show and says, wait, that wasn't, that's not exact. That's not blah, blah, blah. I get it. Like, I totally get it. I don't, 
I'm not a TV writer. I write books. Right. But it is what the medium is. Like Rudy is not 100% to the Rudy story. And oh, Friday boy. Night Lights oh, is not Buzz Bissinger's book. And Hoosier, right. you know, across the board. Yes. They take flourishes. That is the medium. And if you have an issue with the medium, it's about, it's honestly, it's just above my pay grade. I love the show. I've loved everything about the experience, yes. truly. But I get it. I actually get it. I get it if you're Jerry West and you're annoyed by this. Right. I think the depiction's really good. I think Jason Clark is brilliant. I think if you read Jerry West's autobiography, which is one of the best sports books ever, mm-hmm. it's sort of true to the torture and tormented soul that he was. But I do understand why. I get it. Like I totally get it. Because at the end of this, at the end of season one, Jerry West is portrayed as the keeper of the flame, the guardian yes. of of all things Lakers. Yes. You know. So by the end of season one, he's a uh, hero. If, he, if he's still watching, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I and I thought so. Uh, and and John C. Riley's portrayal of Jerry Bust is that spot on, or uh, is that or is that a little bit of even Jeannie, who was kind of not so thrilled by the show, yes, raved about John C. Riley. I mean, I mean, to me, John C. Riley's spot on. Quincy Isaiah's magic is one of the great revelations of sports TV. I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. And uh, Solomon Hughes is Kareem. Brilliant. We I had him here. He's he was the great. Uh, oh, he's the best. Chickless as uh, oh, Red Arbach. It's great. Uh, to me, the one, fantastic. the one who deserves like huge props and has kind of flown under the radar and just yes. had a baby is Sean Patrick Small plays Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. And he actually was, he, he got the part because Bo Burnham turned it down. And I think Sean as yes. Bird this pitch perfect nails it right truly nails it in a way he's my favorite character in the whole thing and i adrian brody playing oh, yeah, pat, pat riley and at one point you know he has he's going through his trials and tribulations he's at a sink and then he takes his his you know he's wetting his face and then he throws it in his hair and for a quick second you see the slick back look yeah. of the riley to come i love that yeah that was really well done so what's the next season going to be about do you think you, well, you must know. So I can tell what can you, you tell me about Hollywood reporter is, is reporting that nice. a certain nerdy, but well-dressed journalist will be playing a journalist oh, in really? an episode. Oh. Is that right? Oh. I, I can't confirm or deny, but, I can, I? but I can confirm. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's about time. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, you would have seen the back of my head in the pilot episode. I was there. Very okay. Fun. Very good. Um, I know, you know, it, it kind of goes along with, I believe, the next two seasons. Yes. And um, the, the sort of transition from Westhead to Riley and the full blooming of Pat Riley as an NBA coach. And I think that really takes center stage. They've been, they're filming. It's coming out next summer. Mm-hmm. It looks, I've been reading the scripts. Scripts are, I'm not just saying this, I wouldn't say anything. The scripts are insanely good. And like, just, I mean, for me, it's, it's all gravy. It's like the greatest thing ever. Well, I mean, to see your book um, become a series like this, and it's such a, a hit series, I thought it got snubbed, obviously, when it comes to Emmys. I've re- I really, truly enjoyed it. Uh, there were some laugh-out-loud yeah. moments. My favorite line of the entire first season, I think, was when John C. Riley as Jerry Buss is sitting down with uh, Jason Clark as uh, Jerry West, and he's asking West about what he should do with his head coaching position oh, yeah. okay and by the way and tracy letts oh, yeah. as uh jack mckinnon, jack McKinnon phenomenal just yeah. great i mean what an incredible cast and so he's asking what what should i do should i stay with westhead or should i go back to mckinnon now that he's healthy enough to come back what should i do and jerry west is like i'm not telling you because you know either way I, I, you know i, I could get screwed whether it works or not 
And he said, come on, Jerry, I'm asking everyone. I'm asking my priest even. And the answer coming back is don't ask him. He's probably a Celtic fan. Made me laugh out loud. And I was watching on a plane at like 35,000 feet. People are turning around. What a brilliant line that was, man. I like um, in, in the first episode, I love like little subtle things. Yes. I like how in the first episode, Jerry West has his conniption on the golf course and he's walking off and he just goes, I broke my shaft, Pedro. And he just like walks off. I just love the little subtle stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And again, I'm sure those are the moments of Jerry West talking about, uh, you know, his, his flashes of anger. It, it, you know, <laughs> they're legit. I mean, there's not, he was a combustible, highly strung, couldn't watch his team, very Billy Beanish. Right. Can't watch the team, walk around, walk mm-hmm. around. And I find, I do, I, again, I wouldn't say this, but like, I just find his character really endearing and really like he desperately wanted to win. It meant everything to him. This is showing how badly he wanted to win. I also understand why it's weird to watch a TV show with a guy named Jerry West based on you playing you and you don't agree with it all. I get it. Did Magic really have to bring orange juice in a newspaper to oh, Kareem every day? 100%. Every day. And he kept, he brought the wrong paper, wrong paper, wrong paper. And then he finally brought him the New York Times. And Kareem's like, that's a real newspaper. That's the way it would. Mm-hmm. And the juice was fine though every single time? Basically, you I can don't tell. remember. He definitely brought him juice every day. <laughs> this is the greatest. This is so good. Can't Fantastic. Wait. Can't wait. Fantastic. Well, congrats on the book. Thank you. I mean, this Bo Jackson book is just uh, phenomenal. And um, you haven't heard from him, right? You didn't hear? You haven't heard from him at all? I have not. And you did reach out to try and get him to Of course. To do this. I talked to him on the phone for a half hour. You did? When I was first working on the book, I mm-hmm. sent him a copy of my books with a note. And he called me. And he was great. And we talked for a half hour. He was going to get his wife a chopped salad. He was driving. He called me from the car. He basically was like, I don't. I don't have a problem with you writing it. Like he, he said, I don't care that you're doing it. Or I don't mind that you're doing it. I just get asked all the time. I'm not going to help. And um, he talked about Dick Schaap who wrote, you know, there's an autobiography, Bo knows, but I don't know if I told you this. Yeah, that you found a whole bunch of uh, like hours upon hours oh. of interviews. Well, right? Dick Schaap wrote Bo knows Bo with Bo Jackson. Came out in 1990 and Dick Schaap left mm-hmm. all his audio tapes, all the transcripted, uh, all transcribed by a young Jeremy Schaap in the Auburn, gave it to the Auburn Library. So I'm researching, Bo says no, but then I'm reading 300, 400 pages, much of it never used before, wow. from the Dick Schaap interview sessions when Bo was 28 years old. Total page turner, man. And I know some of this stuff is coming too, which is the ultimate compliment, I think. I, 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 like I said, I can't rave enough, and this is a great book. You're in the middle of reading it. I am. Um, TJ, you're gonna start reading it, and Mike Del is gonna learn how to read just to pick up the book. <laughs> we also learned today that TJ has a large stash of Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another deep dive that I will personally avoid. All right, I want to thank uh, my guest today, you, Jeff Perlman. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) I want to thank Brian Dawkins, and I want to thank uh, my other guests, uh, Joe Hayden and Anson Kutcher on tomorrow's show. We'll be back on Roku to wrap this up. (laughs) 